Well, good Pride Oak. I am so glad that you are here with us today. My name is Kevin, and I am the campus pastor here at our Coleraine campus. I'd like to welcome our online audience as well, who is watching this live with us. We've been in this series about being good neighbors, and uh, the challenge has been for us to love the people who live around us. And it's been a lot of fun to be talking about that. Today's Halloween, and so it's an opportunity that all of us have to engage and see our neighbors. That's why I brought some candy up here on the stage, because you never know who might pop in or drop by uh, since we've got this door. I thought I heard a door knock. I wonder who that could be. Let's come over here and find out. Who's that? Oh, we've got some trick-or-treaters. Look at this. Welcome. And Miss Karen's here. You've brought some friends with you. Who you got with you today? I have Lewis and Lydia and Alexi and Eliza. All right. Well, hey, you guys want some candy? Yes! All right. Well, let's, uh, let's take care here. All right. There's your bag. All right. There's your bag. Okay. There you go. Oh, you're welcome. Karen, I think it's awesome that you have the kids dressing up in Grow Zone today. We love creating fun places for the kids to discover their identity in Jesus and to experience the full life that we're promised. Yeah, so while you're here, do you mind taking just a couple seconds and telling everybody about Grow Zone? Grow Zone is an awesome place for kids. Lewis, can you tell me what your favorite thing is? The air hockey. The air hockey. What's your favorite thing? Rock climbing wall. Rock climbing wall. And what about you? I like dance. Dance. Do you have a favorite thing, Eliza? I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. But I know she has fun. <laughs> so anyway, we have um, classes for kids from birth through fifth grade during both services. In the Grow Zone, we have the privilege of watching kids grow physically, emotionally, and spiritually. 50% of the baptisms here in the last 12 months have been kids. So in the month of December, or November, we're going to be learning about the prophets, and we're going to be learning some really fun songs that we're going to do in the big room in December. So parents, make sure you bring your kids every week to the Grow Zone. Your generosity fuels our ministry. Because you give and serve, we're able to provide places in the grow zone where kids can be safe, feel loved, feel accepted, and learn about Jesus. Thank you for partnering with us in this way. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks so much. And if you want to give today, we've got baskets that are back at our tables. You can give online using our app or go to our website. I just want to thank you guys for stopping by this morning. Happy Halloween and uh, enjoy your candy. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. See ya. It's like a it's like a real door. It's like people come come through it and everything. Well, look, we are have been on this incredible journey. Uh, we've been on over the last seven weeks. Um, where we talked about the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we, we talked about the story of the Good Samaritan, this unlikely hero that shows up 
and helps us see this vertical love that we have between us and God and how that gets reflected in this horizontal love that goes out to the people around us. You know, we talked about who is your neighbor. It can be the person that's right across the street or it could be the person that you least expect. We talked about crossing cultures, about how you don't have to travel around the entire world, that you could just simply walk across the street and find someone who grew up different than you, who has a different culture than you. We talked about tenacious friendship. Uh, We talked about the difference between our mat and our story. We talked about changing the narrative, about how all of us have some type of story that's worth sharing with someone. We talked about coming to the table where we challenge people to really think about who it is that they're inviting to their table. We talked about creating space, about how every one of us needs to create margin if we're going to be able to love people well. And last week, we talked about throwing better parties. We talked about how that we celebrate where God celebrates, and that's when people who are lost are found again. God throws a party. One of our prayers in this series has been that we didn't want just this just to be a list of sermons that we would learn from. We wanted it to be ideas that we would live out. Mick and Tracy Fokey are a part of our White Oak family. And recently, Tracy has been diagnosed with cancer. Through her treatment process, there's been several roadblocks. They're struggling for answers. And last week in the hospital, Mick and Tracy were watching our online service. Afterwards, Mick wrote an email detailing how his family experienced the love of neighboring even during this difficult time. And I want to share with you what Mick wrote. He said, after listening to the sermon online this morning at the hospital with Tracy, I just wanted to reach out about how we have been recently touched by our neighbors. As you know, we have been kind of going through some rough stuff. We've had people reach out to us through the beginning, bringing meals, sending cards, cutting our lawn, pulling weeds, offering rides, and most importantly, praying for us. And yes, even though at times... Through this, I've been mad at God for the lack of answers. I've also felt his wisdom and peace. Now, some of these neighbors are physical neighbors in our neighborhood, and some are from far away. Some are church friends and some not. It's been a hard thing for me to do, taking help. But I truly have appreciated it. Just yesterday, two women, who Tracy has been involved with in a Bible study for years put together a few people to help Janie, that's their daughter, move things from her salon to a new salon so that I could spend the day at the hospital with Tracy. This is all a lot, but with the help of good people, neighbors, it's been a little easier. Mick. That's what we're talking about in this series, that we would not just talk about being neighbors, but that we would live out this idea of loving people. And so this weekend, we want to talk about living differently. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 25 in your Bible. And so if you've got your Bible or you're using your Bible app, why don't you go ahead and get there. 
You know, every week we talk about this idea of living differently in some way, uh, but here we want to be real intentional. We want to be real ex- specific that it's not just about what we know, but it's about what we do. We want it to be permanent. We want it to be tangible. We want it to take effect in the way that we live. We don't want this series to end and that we just move on to the next thing, pat ourselves on the back for some of the good things that we did. This isn't checking off boxes. No, this is about a transformation that happens in our heart that we truly dedicate ourselves to loving God and loving other people. We want to live differently. Today, our big idea is this. God's call to love others is a call to action. Now, this series that we've put together is based on television show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Most of us are familiar with it. But Mr. Rogers is a man who decided to live differently. You know, when he was putting this show together, he invited a man by the name of Francis Clemens to be a regular on his show. Now, this was a very unlikely friendship for Mr. Rogers because Francis Clemens was a gay black man and Mr. Rogers was a buttoned-up conservative Presbyterian pastor. But he asked Francis to come and be on his show to play the role of the neighborhood police officer, Officer Clemens. It was a role that Clemens first rejected because of his view of police officers during the civil rights movement, a violent time that he experienced in his own life. But he made the bold decision to take the risky step and play the role and portray that character. He became the first African-American to have a recurring role on a kid's TV program. And there's one particular episode in 1969 when Mr. Rogers was cooling his feet in a kid's swimming pool and Officer Clemens just happens to come by. Mr. Rogers invites Officer Clemens into the pool with him to cool his feet. We're going to put a picture up. Now today, and even when I was a kid, I had no idea of how monumental this moment was. But this time in history, while... People of color were being forced out of local swimming pools. Here we had a picture of Mr. Rogers and Officer Clemens sharing a moment in a pool with their feet cooling off together. It was as if these two men were making a gentle but very powerful statement. Mr. Rogers had chosen to live differently. Here's the thing I want you to hear. It doesn't mean that they agreed on everything. It doesn't mean that they saw eye to eye on every single thing. But what it did was that Mr. Rogers and his show treated someone else like a human being with compassion and care. And when we talk about loving our neighbors and when we talk about showing up in the lives of people, it's going to be this kind of love that we are showing And so I want to invite all of us into this idea of living differently across both of our campuses and to everybody who's watching online that we would take intentional steps 
regardless of our background or our story or our personality, that we're going to practice a lifestyle of radically including and radically loving people that are different than us. That's the call of being a good neighbor. In Matthew chapter 25, we're going to look at this large section of scripture. It's a story that Jesus tells about sheep and goats, and it it goes from verse 31 in chapter 25 all the way through verse 46, but I want to read it for you, and so uh, settle in for a second as we look at this story and we look at the words of Jesus. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on the throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or needing clothes, or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous... To eternal life. You know, we tend to view God in two different time frames. The God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. In the Old Testament, God is an angry and vengeful God who punishes those. And in the New Testament, we have this loving, forgiving Jesus. It's as if we believe that God has changed. As if the Old Testament God was somehow wrong. And one of the first things I want you to see in this long passage that we look at is that God is the same. He never changes. What's true about God in the Old Testament is true about God in the New Testament and vice versa. There is love and grace in the Old Testament. And there is judgment and punishment in the New Testament. Here in this passage, Jesus is telling this story about judgment. It's a place where we should pay attention. People are being separated out, and we need to know what criteria Jesus is using for this separation. 
So in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells this story about what his kingdom will look like. He says, look, I'm going to paint a picture for you of what the kingdom of God looks like. And so in Matthew chapter 25, the entire chapter, the first thing he does is he tells a story about ten bridesmaids who are waiting for ten bridegrooms. And five of them brought extra oil for their lamps, and five of them did not. And so five of them didn't go to the wedding because they were not prepared. And then he tells the story of three servants, who when their master goes away, he gives one servant five bags of silver, and another servant three bags of silver, and then finally the last servant he gives one bag of silver. And when he comes back, he finds that the one And two who had five doubled it, and the one who had three doubled it. But the one he had given just one bag of silver to had buried it into the ground. And so Jesus, the master in this story, snatches up the bag away from him and gives it to the one who had ten. And then he makes this statement, and I quote, Throw that worthless servant into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, there's that kind and happy, saved, non-judgmental Jesus talking. And I tell you that because this is the idea that's behind his final story of the sheep and the goats. And he's separating these people from one side to the other. And the criteria that he uses, he says... Did you feed me when I was hungry? Did you give me something to drink when I was thirsty? Did you clothe me when I was naked? Did you visit the one in prison? Did you care for the one who was sick? Did you welcome the stranger? And the point is this, that what we do, how we live, how we treat people, what we do and we don't do, they matter. A lot of times in church we focus on these sins of commission. That means the, the things that we actually do, right? And we want to avoid doing anything that is wrong. We don't want to do something that's bad. What Jesus is addressing in Matthew 25 and these accounts are sins of omission. They are the good things that we miss. The good opportunities to to love someone, to serve someone, and we don't do it. Pastor Mark Batterson often says, we can do nothing wrong and still do nothing right. I think a lot of us live, for a lot of us, living different has come down to this idea of just not doing bad stuff. Let me say that again. I kind of scramble that around. I think for a lot of us, this idea of living differently simply means that we're just not going to do some of the bad things that we see around us in the world. But let me remind you of our big idea. God's call to love others is a call to action. That it is just as much about what we choose to do as it is anything that we choose not to do. You might feel like a good person because all the things that you don't do. But let me ask you, 
what good things are you doing? You may not be the kind of person that would cause someone to be homeless, but flip the question around and ask yourself, what are you doing to love the homeless? You know, you would never promote abortion, but let me ask you, how are you loving those women that find themselves struggling with that decision at this point in their life? And so it's not just the things that we stand against, but it's also the things that we choose to stand for, the things that we choose to promote, the things that we're going to make sure that we do. I love what James says in the first chapter of his letter to the Christians living in and around Jerusalem. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. He says, you need to do what it says. We don't read God's word just for head knowledge. We don't read Jesus' teaching just so that we can understand him better. We read and we study and we learn so that we might be able to put it into practice. James goes on to describe the word of God like a mirror. He says, the word of God is something that you look into. And then when you look into it, he says it reflects back the way that you ought to be living. It reflects back the imperfections that you have. It reflects back any changes that you need to make. And he says, we need to make those changes. We need to live that out. We're talking about neighboring. And just the other day, Friday, I was cleaning out my garage. I was working on some projects and I got this neighbor that lives a couple houses down from me, Ron, and he comes walking by. Now, I don't have a real relationship with Ron. Our interactions have been really, really small. But I've been praying about this series and, and about how I might be able to put into practice the kind of things that we're talking about, about being a better neighbor. So Ron's out walking his dog and he just stops and is like, hey, neighbor, how you doing? I was like, hey, I'm good. And uh, he's asking me about my basement because he knows I've had basement problems. Let's not get started on that. And then he starts asking me about my deck. He says, hey, he goes, uh, who built that deck back there? I said, oh, I did. And he's like, oh, he's like, I'd love to have a deck. He goes, you mind if I walk back there and take a look at it? So now Ron, my neighbor, we're just randomly walking into my backyard and we're having this conversation and he's looking at my deck and come back around and now he's uh we're back in the front yard and he's like hey you're religious right you know this is like this box you get painted into and i was like i'm a pastor at a church and uh he's like what do you think about this world today and right there i knew ron's a guy that's searching for something And I miss these opportunities all the time. I'll tell you the truth. It could have just been a wave. And nothing monumental happened. But I just had a split second to share with him the hope that I have that Jesus is going to make everything okay. And so I just want you to hear from my heart that this series is real for me. 
that this series is real for us because we're talking about the way that we interact with the people that we live around. And we're not just talking about lip service. We're talking about living differently, choosing to live differently. You know, Ron and I probably don't have many things in common. But that day we shared a conversation that I hope and pray will lead to another conversation. In Matthew chapter 25, the passage of the king separating out his people, those who are blessed called to his right and those who are facing punishment going to his left. Listen to what he says. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in, he says. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Now don't get hung up on this phrase, the least of these. He's not calling these people least, but he's referring to the situation that they find themselves in, hungry and thirsty, a stranger, naked, sick, in prison. It's their low circumstances. And Jesus is saying the way you treat people who are in their lowest is how you treat me. They took care of people. And you know, it sounds a lot to me like the email that Mick sent out. Now the righteous will respond to the king. When did we see you like this? When did we do any of these things for you? We don't remember this, Jesus. When did we treat you this way? And King Jesus answers, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. Jesus is making a bold statement here that the way that we love others the way that we show up for others, the way that we treat others, that that's how we keep, treat Jesus our King. That this big idea that what we do, it matters. What we do matters. God's call to love others is a call to action. You know, there's a tension that exists this tension that exists between the grace that we receive through Jesus, the grace that eliminates any need for us to try and earn our salvation, and the call to action that we read about in Scripture. The tension is between grace and action. And some will refer to this as a work. Now hear me, I'm not claiming that our actions save us. I'm not telling you that somehow you have to earn your salvation through these good deeds, through loving your neighbor. But there's this tension here. And the question we must ask ourselves is, can we fully accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and not have it change the way we live? Jesus is calling his followers to action. And here's the thing with this tension that exists. I'm not here to solve it for you. I'm not going to remove the tension. I'm going to let it sit. I'm going to let you think about it. And can you be a follower of Jesus and not live out the actions described 
in his word. Last week, we spent our Sunday celebrating what God celebrates. Looking to celebrate the life change that we have in Jesus. You know, we we talked about it at all of our campuses. We talked about it online, this idea that God celebrates when things that are lost are found. And today, maybe you're here and you've never experienced that full life that only Jesus can offer. Maybe you've never experienced a real relationship with Jesus. And so what I want to do is I just want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to consider taking a step to living that out. You know, I'd love to have a baptism conversation with you. We, we set these up with people all the time. You can reach out to me through my email address. It's just ksmith at thewcc.com. For all of us, there's a real challenge, though. Whether it's accepting Jesus for the first time or just taking a look in, 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 a, in a mirror like James was saying, looking at our relationship with Jesus and just asking that question. Is following Jesus causing you to live differently? Does being a follower of Jesus, is it causing you to treat your neighbors differently, to view your neighbors differently, to view those who live around you differently? God's call to love others. It's a call to action. And today I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. We've, We've had this door up on stage every week for the last seven weeks. And it's kind of represented different things for us. It's represented the theme. Every week, Mr. Rogers would walk through that door and he would begin his show. But here's the thing. Doors represent. They represent opportunities. And here's the reality that this door, everybody that we're called to love Everybody that we're called to have an impact on their life, they live on the other side of that door. Every person that we're called to love. And so the challenge is, are you willing to walk through the door of being a good neighbor? Because there's people that are on the other side of this door that desperately need to hear the hope of Jesus. And the only way that they're going to hear it is as if they see it. They're going to see it through your actions. They're going to see it through your life. They're going to see it through your compassion. They're going to see it through your grace. They're going to see it when you show up. We have an opportunity to reflect Jesus to a broken world around us. But we've just got to walk through that door. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm taking on the challenge 
of being a good neighbor. And I want to challenge you to be a good neighbor too. I'm going to walk through the door of being a good neighbor because everybody I love and everybody I need to impact is living on the other side of that door. And I want to challenge you to do the same thing.